I'm Anastasia, and this is Vibrant Life Unlocked. Here we have intimate and insightful conversations about everything that makes life more vibrant. The energy, the power, the adventure to look at life with a fresh perspective, while giving you the support to develop a method and strategy to live life to its fullest. This is Vibrant Life Unlocked. Hi, everyone. Today, our guest is Jensen Sutter. He is a devoted husband and father who lives a vibrant life while traveling the world and having his dream job. Jensen is always on the go to photograph the world's best events and the world's biggest celebrities, athletes, and Hollywood stars. From Kentucky Derby to Elton John's Oscar party and everything in between, Jensen has done it and won multiple awards for being the best in his industry. Jensen published his first book, Five Feet from Greatness, in 2020. Welcome, Jensen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I know your schedule is crazy. I'm so grateful to have you here today. So what was the last destination that you traveled for work? The last exotic destination was the Maldives. That was very exciting last month. But um, closer to home in the last couple of weeks, I've been to Napa in California twice, and I've been to a tremendously humongous job in Las Vegas for a week. Been keeping okay. busy. Very busy. And sounds like you're going to have the biggest year yet. Biggest. Out of 22 years in business, this will be the biggest year I've ever had. Speaking of business and your career, have you always worked as a photographer? Like, How did you decide that this is your calling? Well, I don't know if you knew this answer, but it's a very powerful question that explains how I got where I am. But I was a biology major in college. And one month before college graduation, we were on a field trip for the school class. And uh, the van for the college rolled six times off the highway into the woods. And I broke my neck and back. And uh, it took a whole year to recover. The whole year when all my friends were graduating and getting big jobs and fancy paychecks, I was still recovering in and out of the hospital. And so it was during that year that I decided if that's how quickly life can change, that I wanted to pursue a really enjoyable job, not one where after a couple months, I would be angry at the cubicle or disappointed at the job description or not get along with the boss. So I I started all over again, and I decided to pursue photography. Did you always know that photography was your passion, but you just decided to pursue biology or it was something, a complete new revelation? It was definitely a new revelation. Uh, The biology major was very difficult in my school where I had to take very hard classes for three and a half years. So when, when peers were out partying, I was in the science library studying. So it wasn't until that very last semester of college when I got to sign up for classes that looked very easy and very fun. And that was the very first time I ever took a photography class. And when I walked in, and and in both cases, they were taught by professional photographers. And I thought, wait a second, they get they can make a living doing this. And uh, I remember they one class, they threw us a roll of film and said, all right, your your assignment this week is to is to fill this roll of film. And I thought to myself, you are kidding me. After after spending half my life in a library, I could have been running around outside playing with a camera as as part of getting college credits. And, and this could be a major or a career. 
So it wasn't until the end of college that I ever thought of that as something worth pursuing. And that's that's quite an example of how one very terrible accident, very negative event, but it can actually can change your entire life and set you forward on a completely different and quite an amazing path. Truly. And it's a weird thing to say, but I'm, I'm obviously very grateful for the, for the perspective. I don't want to ever say I'm glad the accident happened because that would sound terribly creepy, but I sure am grateful for the perspective at the right time. And you might say the right opportunity to learn about the importance of a vibrant life because it really did remind me of what's important and, and what's valuable and, and that truthfully we should leave each day as if it's only, it's only once. So it was great perspective. What did your parents think of your decision to pursue a completely different career? <laughs> yeah, great question. And I think that's maybe a, a part of why the accident was helpful because after surviving such a traumatic event, they were, they were grateful that I was healthy. And they were really supportive. They said, listen, if at this point you said you wanted to go to med school, we'd send you to med school. So right now at this point you want to pursue photography, then go to photography school, do whatever makes you happy. So I was, I was really grateful that they were supportive from the get-go. And tell us, when you started this journey and you went to photography school, what were your wildest dreams? Have you ever imagined that you get to work with Oprah and with the biggest stars in Hollywood and all over the world, Dalai Lama? not a chance in the world. You know, when you, when you do come up with a business plan or, or you're daydreaming about where you, where you want to be in 5, 10, 15 years, not a chance in the world did I anticipate it, including the place where I am now. I mean, just, I think just in my wildest dreams, it was be able to pay the bills and, and hopefully travel a bit. You know, I hope one day someone far away was interested in putting me on an airplane to take pictures. Never where it is today. This is, this is bonkers. And, and still, you know, this is 22 years in business. There are many times where I cannot believe that I get paid to do what I do. I'm very, very lucky. And what you love to do, like you've been just having this uh, crazy love affair with photography ever, like for 22 years and you're just <laughs> getting started. Right. Pretty awesome. Pretty, <laughs> Pretty awesome. awesome. And, it's not, and it's not even just a love affair with photography. I love travel. I love people. You know, it's all the other side elements that come along with the career. That is what makes it so enjoyable. Talk about the very first assignment that you got that involved travel. And it was a paid assignment. How did that happen? I had a lot of friends that were in the marrying age, <laughs> meaning, meaning they didn't care what kind of photography I wanted to pursue. They were getting married and they knew a photographer. So many of my first exciting jobs were all photographing weddings. And I did not anticipate that being enjoyable. I didn't anticipate wanting to pursue weddings, but goodness, I loved them. Uh, I was welcomed with open arms. You're potentially capturing moments that people are treasuring for the rest of their lives, sometimes bringing people to tears with the emotionality and the stopping time. But back to your question, the opportunity to travel the world. So early on, I was able to photograph in castles in Switzerland, castles in Ireland. I remember one beautiful wedding where the bride and groom got married, and then the three of us got in a helicopter with a pilot up in Alaska. And I was able to point and tell the pilot where to land, because I thought it would be a good spot on a glacier to take a picture with a bride and groom. And thinking, holy smokes, this is my job. It was really, really special. How do you go from being a wedding photographer, like a very exclusive uh, flying helicopters? That's pretty amazing. But how do you go from that to photographing celebrities? 
That's an awesome question. And that's what was very scary when I decided to want to make that change is that I was, I was thinking that it would be horrible to start over on, on one sense. And it was a really great business strategist and planner that I had at the time who reminded me that I wasn't starting over after, after over 300 weddings and 10 plus years in business. I wasn't starting over. I was, I was utilizing the same network of people and announcing to all of them my new intentions. So luckily by that time, I already had many wedding planners that were also corporate event planners. I had already photographed some celebrity weddings. I had already worked in some of the best hotels around the world. And the bride and grooms themselves were, were then great business contacts because when I was able to then reach out and announce to everyone, hey guys, I, I hope you thought of me as a wonderful wedding photographer, but now please think of me as just a wonderful photographer. And more importantly, if you like me as a person, please think of me in terms of being a part of these other other items because I'm no longer pursuing weddings. I want to pursue celebrity things, music, nonprofit, and then large corporate events. And so I kind of branched out from there already utilizing the existing network. And that really proved to be very helpful. I love it that you basically, your reinvention was being very clear on your intention and communicating your intention with your network. Right. And your network's your best marketing marketing you can ever ask for because they already know you. And if they refer you, it's like whoever they're referring to is going to trust that person. When was the last time that you felt, wow, this is my crazy, vibrant life. I just want to pinch myself. Is this real? Just a couple of months ago where, where the job was, was on a private island in Hawaii. And I was first picked up by a you know, limo in Honolulu to take me to a private plane. They to, treat their to, photographers nice. It's amazing. Some some of these jobs are, are really out of this world. And I do. I pinch myself. This is unbelievable. This is how this is my job this week. There's an upcoming one where I get to spend a couple of days in Berlin and a couple of days in Stockholm and then a week on a boat on the Baltic Sea. And I'm I'm just documenting the vacation for a group and those kinds of jobs. Uh, I just am so grateful to have. Can you talk about this is such an incredible career, but also very demanding schedule how are you able to be there for your family, to be there for your wife, to be there for your kids while accomplishing and traveling all the time? Luckily, my balance is that when I'm home, I'm home. So I do travel a lot, but, but I don't have an office out of the house. When I'm home, I'm working here from the house and I'm on my own schedule and my own hours so I can take care of the kids and drive them to school and drive them to sports and, and put an X over the, the calendar when it's their ball games and and really be present when I'm home. So it's different than if, if you have a nine to five job in town where you have to spend half your life in the in the car on your way downtown and you get home late. I feel as if it's a neat balance because when I'm home, I'm home. And you travel so much and your wife, Kia, like she does so much for your family. When you're back, how do you make it up to her? Oh, did she ask you to ask me this question? <laughs> so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, uh, it's, a good, it's a good question. One of the ways is that I bring her on some trips. So far this year, I've been able to bring her to California and I'm bringing her to other out-of-state jobs coming up and uh, we're taking a, a trip to Ireland. So part of the perks of traveling is, is, is getting a chance to bring her. I think the next year, like after such a crazy successful 2022, you'll say one of my requirements is that my wife can join me at any time, you know, as my guest, Maldives included. 
That's right. I think next year, one of the things we'll be doing is putting an X over a couple weeks and just taking a really special family trip. One of the neat pockets of your vibrant life equation is, is what else you're doing to give back and what you do personally and, and what you do professionally, what you do for your family. Well, the one that's, that's really I'm working on now is to make certain my kids get worldly experiences and they know how lucky they are. So it's on my list next year to take them on a special out of the country trip so that they can, they can understand a little more how lucky they are. Jensen, you get to travel to some such exclusive places. Like it's literally incentive trips for top performers, probably in the world. I love that on your website, jensensutter.com, you have a blog and you share your experiences. And it's like such a great list of ideas. Personally, for you and your family, what are your favorite places to travel? My favorite places to travel are places where the culture is really warm and welcoming. I love getting a chance to go out of the big cities and go to a pub or go to a local and, and say, what do you love about your country? What should we see? Where should we go? And, and, get, and feel as if we saw the real country. Places like New Zealand and places like Ireland, where they just seem grateful for your visit and it's nice to be there and uh, around smiley, happy guests. Those are two favorites that come to mind. One that wasn't even on my bucket list, but was just that same way was the country of Morocco mm-hmm. in uh, Northwest Africa. It's a Muslim country and, and it was, they were just so thrilled to have guests and they wanted to show their, their beautiful mosques and they wanted to have you taste their, their delicious food. And it was, you know, those kind of cultures where, you know, you feel as if they are glad you're there is, is really some of my favorite places. What's on your bucket list, like a place that you are dying to go to? You know, Japan's on my list. There's not many places. I, I'm very, very, very lucky. I've traveled the world. But Japan is a place that I haven't been yet. And it's been on the list for a long time, not just because the culture seems wonderful, but that landscape looks so beautiful. I, I hope to visit Japan one day. And you've been around the world. So for our listeners, if you were to say, okay, these are the three places, like three resorts, three cities that you absolutely have to visit before you die, what would they be? Well, you asked a lot in that question. You said resorts and you said cities. <laughs> For resort, I just got back from a beautiful property called the Rosewood Mayakoba, where you take a boat to your villa and each villa comes with a butler. That was pretty amazing. And from the United States is, is an easy place to get to. As far as other spots that are, are really special to see, I loved the island of Nevis in the West Indies. I can't wait to get back to Europe. My last trip to Europe was a really beautiful way of seeing Europe, which was on a boat ride on the Danube. And to only unpack your suitcase once, see a city during the day, and have the boat float down the river to the next country while you're sleeping made me feel very productive and was a really neat way to see Europe. So I highly recommend uh, seeing Europe by uh, floating the Danube. What company was that, the uh, cruise company? Ooh, that's a, you threw me a curveball. I'd have to look that up. It was a very high-end cruise company. Maybe Ama Waters? That's exactly what it was. <laughs> well done. Ama Waterways. <laughs> nice job. They are the sponsors of today's episode. <laughs> yeah, Anastasia, good job. That's absolutely right. I want to talk about your book. You published this incredible book, Five Feet from Greatness. Can you talk about it? What this book all about? How were you able to put it together? Well, how is because we were on a shutdown for COVID. The why is that I was hopeful that people would remember me after the long shutdown. 
So it really started out just as a marketing piece. I wanted to put together, let me back up. It was always on the bucket list. Someday I'd like to get photos off my computer and in the real world. I feel like so many times now we don't print things out and we don't show them to enough people. And if someone doesn't see it on social media right away, you know, no one ever sees it. And some of these uh, opportunities that I'm getting are, are worth sharing. There's some incredible people. So it was always on the list to try and either make a book or more of a gallery or, you know, there's still things on the list to do down the road. But when the COVID shutdown happened, the premise was really, I, I should put a, get together a promo piece to send to folks because I haven't seen anyone in a year and I want them to still think of me when we get out of this. So it, that's how it started, but it was received so well. It was really nice. People, you know, sent me the nicest thank yous. So I, I sent just 50 copies to 50 clients and they were writing back saying, how can we purchase more for our clients? How can we give them as gifts? So I've already gone through two production runs and that's already sold out again through Amazon. So I'm on my third printing. Actually, as we speak, today's Friday the 8th. The third printing happens today. So they should be back in stock in about a month. Congratulations. And Thank you. your book, Five Feet from Greatness, has a very special celebrity on its cover. Do you want to talk about it? Sure. Yeah, it's a it's a little little known actor with some potential named named Brad Pitt, and it uh, that's does all. Look, Just Brad Pitt on the cover. <laughs> turns out people like seeing his face on their coffee table. That's a great face. Well, let's be honest. <laughs> so, can you talk about that? Like, so these were the photos that you have taken over the years, because I believe they are all black and white. And who were the celebrities featured in this book? Just a few. Well, one of the more incredible jobs that I've had is the photographer for the Santa Barbara Film Festival. When the Academy Awards season rolls around, the way that a, that a movie star earns an Academy Award is that they're voted on by a member of about a 380 panel team, and about 80 of them live in the Santa Barbara region. So for that reason, every year, most of the nominated actors and actresses for an Academy Award go to the Santa Barbara Film Festival and since I've been their photographer, I get to stop them and take their portrait as the festival photographer. So many of the portraits in this book are from over the years at this festival. And it ranges from Oprah to Brad Pitt to Jeff Bridges to, you know, you name it, a lot, a lot of really recognizable movie stars. I think Julia Roberts, maybe I'm making it up. Nicole Kidman. She's on the website. She didn't make the book. Johnny Depp has a beautiful portrait in Johnny the book. Depp. So, Yes. Yeah, there's some neat there's some neat faces that have really great stories. I end up collecting quotes on, on these jobs, and I've I've put those quotes in the book to accompany the the portraits. We can't wait till it's printed and available on Amazon. Five feet from <laughs> greatness. Through your work and in your book, you have captured remarkable photographs of some remarkable people. What would you say a photograph conveys to the world that words seem to be missing? I like that a photograph leads a lot up to the interpretation of the viewer. You know, you can look at a photograph and think, wow, they, they look interesting. And another person could look at a photograph and say, oh, they, they look happy. And, and in, in one hand, it's really a, it's an opportunity for whoever is viewing it to come up with their own decision rather than just reading black and white words that are more definitive. But I love the idea that a photograph is just a moment stopped in time. Here they are at that one moment about to receive an Academy Award and look how happy they look or look how photogenic they are. Or they really look like a movie star or wow, you can see their life on their face. You know, their photographs are really telling and, and uh, interesting. And I especially like when they're converted to black and white because you're 
really drawn into eyes and they're timeless that way. Yeah. And if you cannot wait till the book is available, you can just go to Jensen's website and there are some examples of the photographs, like absolutely stunning, very unique style, just very, it's, it's incredible. Uh, how much time did you have with the celebrities to shot those photos? Uh, we'd have to go one by one because each job is mm. different. But let's, and I can answer just for the Brad Pitt. It was very, very quickly. It's just a, a moment. Can I please take your portrait? Yes, of course you can. Great. Can you come stand over here? And it was a very quick interaction. You know, I wish there was a video. I mean, the E Entertainment Network is behind me waiting to do his interview. And, and there's a whole yeah. line of the red carpet craziness that you see on the Academy Awards. So it was really just a moment. Have you ever felt intimidated by any specific celebrity or any kind of like high profile person you got to work with? The last time I felt intimidated was when I was was working in the White House. And as part of the security credential, I had a really large security badge, almost the size of a license plate. And so I remember taking pictures and I had my long lens on and I was thinking, Oh my gosh, please see my credential. Please see my credential. So <laughs> I, I don't know if that, that really was what your question was, but that was the last time I was really nervous. But luckily at this point, I, you know, celebrities are just people. They're people that have been, been fortunate at their jobs, whether they're acting or whether it's sports or singing, they're, they're just people. So I don't really get intimidated. I, I'm, I feel grateful. I feel lucky for the opportunities and for the access, but I'm not really intimidated by, by people. How do you teach your kids not to be intimidated by anyone? Same, you know, just by showing them. I was able to bring them to, to be around some athletes. And when they see me walk up and say, congratulations on your season, great job. And you just talk to them like normal people. And, and I think they appreciate it too. Is there someone that you are dying to photograph that you haven't photographed yet? You know, I'm really drawn to people that have a platform and they use it for good. I love that idea, the idea of the Oprahs of the world or the Dalai Lamas of the world. They got to affect millions of people for the better. So those are the personas I like. The only one off the top of my list that I can think of, and not, not at that caliber, but there's, there's a football player named J.J. Watt. That I just love that he does so much for others. I hope I cross paths with him soon. For example, he's the one that helped raise millions and millions of dollars after the hurricane. He's just He's done a lot of good for a lot of people and uses his platform well. I really respect that a lot. I love it. But believe it or not, my dream jobs are not celebrity driven. My dream jobs now are to make a difference and to help with nonprofit work. So for example, I've taken seven trips to Haiti over the last few years. And almost all of those trips are because the nonprofits that are working there rely on, on independent donors. And those donors don't really get an opportunity to go to Haiti. So I get to go and document the work that those nonprofits are doing and show where the money goes. And those jobs are a lot more meaningful and powerful and, and to your point, vibrant. You know, that helps make me feel much more fulfilled and, and make a difference, that type of work. So those are the opportunities that are on my personal bucket list, not to find a new celebrity to photograph. Maybe that's an idea for your next book. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think it's, it's a dream of all nonprofits to have a photography book that really captures the heart of their mission and the heart of their impact. That's just beautiful. That's a whole new chapter. <laughs> well, if there's any nonprofit that would like me to do that project, I'm all ears. <laughs> Wonderful. 
speaking of vibrant life, is there an area of your life that you would like to work on? Like that seems a little bit out of balance in comparison to everything else. Yeah, I'd say the aspect that's the trickiest for me personally is, is the health and wellness pocket of a vibrant life. I feel the best when I'm on a workout routine, which means set an exact time and head to the gym at that exact time and, and, and be on a routine. And that's the hardest to do when I'm on the road. A normal year on the road is 100 days. This year, 2022, will we'll be closer to 200 days on the road. And between the time zone differences and the airplane rides and the Uber rides and the, whether or not gyms around, just getting on a workout routine is extremely challenging. I've tried changing it from going to the gym to just simply finding a pool to swim in. But even that, when I travel, is just a tricky routine to get into. So that's, that's my biggest challenge in terms of how to say every piece of my life is in the right order where I want it to be. That's the one that needs just a little more work. And when you travel on an assignment, on an assignment, now it's mm -hmm. like KGB language is coming through. That's right. <laughs> like, do you have any personal time that you can just do whatever you want to do? Yes, yeah, certainly. And that's one of the, the benefits of travel. But that doesn't necessarily translate into now here's three hours to get to a gym and back, including changing and showering and all that time. But no, there's oftentimes time to myself, which is delightful and time to work on other businesses or other challenges or other books, you know, whatever it is, there's oftentimes extra time. I love that about travel. And it sounds like you're not a big fan of working out inside of a hotel room with little bands, stretchy bands. No, that's not really what I need. Although my wife would say yoga would be a good place to start. <laughs> But I think, I think that the, the cardio aspect is probably more valuable. And there's only so much of that you could do in the hotel room. Gotcha. Well, now that we are looking at everything that you have accomplished, do you have any professional aspirations? Maybe it's working more with nonprofits, like w maybe it's something completely unrelated to photography, but what are your professional dreams? Truly, it's, it's making more of an impact in the nonprofit world. There was a young boy who, who is unfortunately dying of cancer who said the greatest joy in life is seeing a smile on someone else's face and knowing you put it there. I just, I'm struck by that quote and I couldn't agree more that I've never been happier than when I can make an impact on others. And, and the, the ultimate goal for the future is finding out more opportunities where I can do that. Whether it's photography or not, it doesn't even need to be photography. Uh, it's, it's certainly easy and in my wheelhouse now to try and visually tell a story about nonprofit work. But if it's, but if it's impacting and helping others in another way, I, I'm open to that as well down the road. So that's definitely uh, what I'd like to do more of. So would you say that having this feeling that you're making a difference, you're creating an impact, that's a very significant element of living a vibrant life? For me, yeah. Nothing makes me happier than, than helping others. I could get a million dollars, but if it's, there's no one to share that with or impact or, or help, then I would still feel unfulfilled. So definitely the vibrant life box for me that makes me the happiest is helping. Can you share with our listeners, like, what are your travel tips, packing tips, anything? How can anyone survive <laughs> such an intense travel schedule? Coffee. Lots of coffee. <laughs> Early and often. <laughs> Do you have like any um, like life hacks, like only to travel with carry on, like roll it all up, anything like that? 
I wish that was the case, but because I travel with photography gear, that's not an option. I have to travel with the photography gear on the plane, so I have to check a bag. But, you know, tips like global entry and tips like TSA pre-check and using airport lounges, you know, those those little things make a big difference down the road when you that help make travel easier, not standing in line so much and getting those needs met. There's no easy way. Travel's travel's hard. There's there's a limit, you know, it, it, there's a there's an amount of travel that's exotic and enjoyable and amazing and then you hit a limit that you just want to be home. So I wish I had a good hack. Funniest hack I heard lately is when the the window shade of the of your hotel room doesn't close enough to get the hangers that have the little clips to to clip the 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 curtain shut but there's I wish there was an easy tip to share. I heard I never tried it but there is a life hack that you take a painter's tape and basically in a hotel sometimes you have all these like weird lights maybe it's an alarm light right all these lights so you just like tape them with the painter's tape. Well that's smart too. If you like to sleep in the dark places. That's right. That's a good tip. <laughs> and also playing some ocean music on your phone. So regardless of what's happening in the hotel, you can get a good night's sleep. That is a good idea. I tell you what, I do travel with a fan. And yeah. that not only provides noise, but if you're ever in a place that's hot, that's nice to have with you. Even if it's on a plane on a runway, to have a fan with me has been a helpful tip. Yeah. And have you ever ha- missed an assignment because of the crazy travel delays? Anastasia, don't jinx me like that. <laughs> I'm lucky to say I have not. Well, it's probably because you travel in advance, so you never travel the last minute. That is true. You, you know, I never want to travel the day of a job for for that reason, in case anything goes wrong, weather or otherwise. But no, luckily, I've been I've been okay so far. Yeah, that's a good reminder for everyone that if there is an important event that you're attending, like always, give yourself you know, 24 hours before, or at least like 12 hours before. So there's uh, plenty of room. Options. Options. (laughs) We love options. Jensen, if our listeners would like to connect with you, where should they go? They should go to the website, uh, jensensada.com. And on on the website, it has the cell phone, the email address. They can get a hold of me however they'd like. I'm happy to help. And for anyone who listened, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jensen. It has been so fun chatting with you today. Thank you, Anastasia. Thank you for listening to Vibrant Life Unlocked. Submit your questions and explore free resources at vibrantlifeunlocked.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and review it on your favorite podcast platform, as well as connect on social at Vibrant Life Unlocked. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.